our Redeemer is faithful and true. It's a reminder this morning. Um, you can go to it. So we are not in Mark, okay? With it being Memorial Day weekend, we uh, we switched it up on you, all right? Just like we did a couple weeks ago with Mother's Day. So originally called Decoration Day, from the early tradition of decorating graves with flowers, wreaths, and flags. Memorial Day is a day for remembrance of those who have died in service to our country. It was uh, first widely, widely observed on May 30th, 1868, uh, to com commemorate the sacrifices of Civil War soldiers by proclamation of General John A. Logan of the Grand Army of the Republic, an organization of former Union sailors and soldiers. During that first uh, national commemoration, um, former Union General and sitting Ohio Congressman James Garfield made a speech at Arlington National Cemetery after which 5,000 participants helped to decorate the graves of the more than 20,000 Union and Confederate soldiers who were uh, buried there. Um, this national event galvanized efforts to honor and remember fallen soldiers that began with local observances at burial grounds in several towns throughout the United States following the end of the Civil War, such as the May 1st, 1865 gathering in Charleston, South Carolina, organized by freed slaves to pay tribute and give proper burial to Union troops. In 1873, New York was the first state to designate Memorial Day, Memorial Day as a legal holiday. And by the late 1800s, many more cities and communities observed Memorial Day, and several states had declared it a legal holiday. After World War I, it became an occasion for honoring those who died in all America's wars and was then more widely established as a national holiday throughout the United States. And that's your history moment uh, right there. Um, just wanted to give you some background on uh, Memorial Day. Um, and, and our country may, uh, may not be perfect, may be far from it, but we are free. And um, as someone once wisely said, may we never forget that freedom isn't free. Right? And you can see the title of today's message is, May We Never Forget. May we never forget. Because um, we should honor those who have fought and died for our country's freedom. We should remember them. But can we also admit that memories are fickle? Can we admit that? All right, and the older we get, some of us who are getting older, we're like, yeah, it's getting worse. You know, uh, I, I don't remember that or I don't remember this. Um, you know, um, and, and then we, we, I, we, we do forget some things and, and some of them, you know, it just, it just happens. Like just the other day um, at the football game, Miss Jan, that we, we, we announced there was a football game. And, and uh, I'm not trying to be mean, but uh, the Trojans had the ball around the midfield and there was, it was third and about eight. Okay, I know this because I announced the games. Okay, so I say third and eight at the forty-eight yard line. Okay, and um, there was a penalty against the. You know, we had the ball, and one of our receivers got tackled in midair. Okay, so it was a pass interference penalty on the other team, but it wasn't a first down. They put the ball down at where he got hit, and they said it's fourth down, and, and they said it's fourth down and two. And I was like, shouldn't that be automatic first down, fifteen yards penalty? Like I was, you know, a little bit confused, right? And and so uh, I asked Kirk about it. And he said, "Well, they said it was, uh, it, you know, it's not an automatic first down. It was just, uh, you know, a penalty, fifteen yard penalty." I'm like, "Well, that wasn't fifteen yards, you know." So anyway, and, and so uh, later that day, we're we're in the we're in the booth, and and they they had three different games, and so there was three different referees. They referees rotated, and so there was a, the guy that was up in the booth uh, in the last game. I said. Uh, Ask him. I should. I should just let it go, Mr. Steve. I should, you know, should just let it go. But I said, I'm gonna ask him. So I said, so what happened on that play in the first game? Like, what, what, what was that? He said, oh, it was third and eighteen. 
and it was a 15-yard penalty, so that made it fourth and three. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you're not remembering it correctly. You know, uh, speaking of remembering it, so it was kind of funny because I texted uh, the, the AD who was sitting beside me because I didn't want to get into an argument, and I said it was not third and 18. Uh, but anyway, uh, so uh, it's kind of funny that it just happened, but, you know, we, we forget, right? Okay, my sisters, I don't know if they're going to listen or watch this, but my sisters will tell you, like, they remember a whole lot more about our growing up than I do. I just don't. I wish I did, but that's just not how my mind works. I forget, um, you know, things, and they'll say, "You remember when we did that?" I'm like, like, like even at the race last night, I'm, you know, she was telling me, "You remember when it was over?" Here? I said, well, "I thought we sat on that side." She said, "No, Patrick, we always it was always over here." I'm like, "How? I, I, did, I didn't remember it correctly." Um, but anyway, uh, like they they will. I do slightly recall us um, all three of us climbing on top of the house. Because we, I think, got in trouble. Probably did. You know, we were, we had that. You know, the AC. You, know, you could pull up on the AC and climb all the way up. We we're like, I don't know, like six or seven. We climbed up on top of the house, man. You know, that's probably what's wrong with me. I probably fell down, Jimmy. I don't know. Don't say amen to that one. Um, amen. Um, and then, of course, ladies, there's selective memory, right, for the guys. All right. You know, oh me, uh, oh me for the fellas in here, and amen from the ladies, right? But anyway, um, uh, but sometimes we we do we do forget stuff. We do. Um, church historian Claire Davis describes a Christian life as, quote, a combination of amnesia and deja vu. I thought that was brilliant. It's a combination. You know, you think of a Christian life, we forget God's goodness. Okay? We have amnesia. We forget how God, God has been so good to us. And then, oh, yeah, I remember when you were good. All right, when we actually recognize it. And so it's a combination of amnesia and deja vu. And again, there's the old saying, history repeats itself. Because again, we, we forget that goodness, and then we remember it, and then we forget, and then we remember. All right? And it's kind of a, a kind of a wave like that. So on this Memorial Day weekend, yes, we, we honor those men and women who, who paid the ultimate pri, uh, price for our freedom. But today's central statement is on the screen. May we, as Christians, never forget three things. God's greatness our sinfulness, and God's provision. And yes, while it's a topical sermon, uh, these are three things that God has told us to remember and recall in the Word of God, okay? So I wanted to, and this is not all, the only things, okay? Uh, but this is a list of, uh, this is a sermon of three things that I feel like um, that, that God has, has given us uh, to, today. Um, God is good, amen? Well, how, how, how do, how do uh, a lot of times we'll say God is good and say all the time, all the time. God is good. Uh, Crowder, David Crowder, which is an interesting guy. He's a really good singer. He's a Christian singer. He sings a song. He says, he is good. He is God. He is good God Almighty. All right? Which is, in a way, kind of a, you know, kind of a, a play on words there. But he is good. And if we, if we really believe this, then why do we not act like it in times of trouble? I mean, just last week when we were in Mark, I, I mentioned that we tend to forget his goodness to us in the past Whenever we're facing tough times in the present, like it's, it's just uh, we, we do that all the time, uh, and and so we have a few things. If you are taking notes, here are some things about the greatness of God that the Word of God tells us to remember. Okay, and this is five five things we're going to look at today. If you are taking notes, you get ahead. All right, His love, the fact that He is the Creator, His works, what He's actually done for us, proving His love, His Word, and His holiness. Okay. And so his faithful love, Lamentations 3, 21 through 23, Stephen Curtis Chapman sang about it in our song that we just, that we just um, sang, that we had uh, before, the, before the sermon. It says, yet I call this to mind, I call it to mind, I remember it, okay, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. For his mercies never end. 
They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen? That is an uh, amazing, amazing verse, amazing reminder that His mercies don't end, that his, they're new every morning. And then Deuteronomy 32, verse 7 says, Remember the days of old. Remember remember the days of old. Consider the years of past generations. Ask your father, he'll tell you. Your elders, and they will teach you. Because what they're supposed to do, they're supposed to tell their, their children about it. And then those children should tell, tell their children. It's passed on that God has been good. Amen? There's, a, there's an old DC Talk song that, said, that starts off by saying, We all need to be loved. We all need to be loved. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm not going to sing. But we, we have... We have an innate desire, human as human beings, we have an innate desire to be loved, to be liked, to, uh, to be wanted. Will people love me? We have these questions. Will people really love me for me? And we go through all that process. But, uh, and then we soon realize in our teenage years that love is, uh, is a very mysterious thing. Right? And, uh, and sometimes it doesn't last because right? it's not real love. And sometimes hearts get broken. Right? Um, uh, it makes me think of uh, of this uh, this man who told his son. Uh, says uh, he says this says when my son told me that he found the love of his life at the zoo, um, I told him that interspecies relationships are fraught with troubles, and, and would eventually lead to heartbreak. Um, but then I met her, and I think she just might be a keeper. Uh, some of y'all get that later. That was a good joke, Tommy. Zoo keeper. Okay. All right. Um, anyway, <laughs> but. Uh, look, I, I have told, um, I have, uh, you know, I, I may even said the same thing to, to Jimmy uh, when he was in class, but I know I've told students um, here recently and, and athletes, you know, when, when things get tough, who do, what do you think of? You know, you think about your loved ones in your life, right? And, and um, you know, we can do the same thing with our Heavenly Father and know that He loves us. His mercies are new every morning, even when it doesn't feel like it. All right? In fact, most often when it doesn't feel like it. You know, we know that God's mercies are new every morning that He loves us. See, we cannot out the grace of God. Amen? Let, let me repeat that. We cannot out the grace of God. Those of us, like myself, who are hard on ourselves, you know, we cannot. I need to remind myself of that. We cannot out the grace of God. But that's not all. All right? So we remember. as We, we, we remember the greatness of God. And in greatness of God, we see His love. And then we also see that He's the Creator. And the Bible tells us to remember that. Ecclesiastes 12.1. So remember your Creator. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Before the days of adversity come, before tough times come, years approach where you'll say, I have no delight in them. When I start forgetting things, I mean, we, we, we basically just preach that. But we, we forget, and, but we need to remember that God is Creator of all things. Okay? There's, there's no, want, no body, no being, nothing bigger than Him. Okay? There's no one as great as Him. Amen? He created it all, and it's it's extravagant and it's expansive and it's just unreal. Just uh, how many of y'all love to go to the mountains or the beach and just look, you know? And you're like, oh my gosh, man, God made that. That is awesome. It helps put things in perspective, right? Big God, little me. I need to hear that sometimes. So your whole mindset changes whenever you know that there's a uh, that that He is the big God and we're the little us. Right? And God is in control because. Our world will definitely get out of control often. Amen. And so we, we, we remember His love. We remember that He's creator. And then we remember His works, God's works. And, and this is not a whole list here, but I'm going to give you a few verses that calls to attention those, uh, this particular topic. First Chronicles 16, 12 says, Remember the wondrous works He, God, has done. His wonders and the judgments He has pronounced. Remember His wondrous works. Isaiah 46.9 says, Remember what happened 
long ago, for I am God and there is no other. Right? I, I, it was also in Isaiah 45 that I read this morning. You know, He kept saying that. I am God, there is no other. I am God and no one is like me. No one is like me. Those, those little, little, little G gods not helping you any, any, uh, at all. all right? So, love, creator. See, whenever we forget who God is and we forget that He loves us um, and when we forget that He is in control, maybe we can at least remember what He's done for us, right? So, you get it? So, sometimes we forget that God loves us and we, we, we you know, we get, you know, man, why did I do that? I messed up again and, and, and we lose our purpose and we forget that he's under, he's under control. But what can we do? We look at what he's done. See, the things. See, they're proof that God is God, is God and he is good and he is great. Amen? Right? We've seen him work in our lives. And, and when we have testimony times, those are times when we hear what God has done in your lives. And we've seen it. We know he's done that. Okay? He's done it before. He's faithful and true. Amen? Our God. Is faithful and true. He woke us up this morning. And that was kind of hard. He probably took us a little more nudging for Mr. Tommy and our family, all right, this morning. But he did it anyway, right? Got us up, and that's a blessing. Remember how he took care of us in the past. Remember what he has done. He didn't just tell us he loved us. He showed it, amen? So so love, uh, we remember that he is the creator of all things. And we, we if we forget, we remember what he's done. He put it in action. And then we also remember his word. He said it. He said, he, he gave us the whole word of God here. First Chronicles 16, 15 says, Remember his covenant and his word forever. The promise he ordained for a thousand generations. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Second Peter 3, 1 and 2 says, Dear friends, this is now the second letter I've written to you. And both letters want to stir up a sincere understanding by way of reminder so that you recall the words. Recall the words previously spoken by the holy prophets and the command of our Lord and Savior given through our apostles. Don't forget it. Don't forget what's in here. Remember the word. Revelation 3.3 says, Remember then what you have received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you are not alert, I will come like a thief. You have no idea what hour I will come upon you. Which is obviously a warning there. See, whenever we lose sight of the things of God that He has done, uh, and, and we will because we're just not very smart sometimes, and we're simple, right, Miss Jan? Okay. We can recall His words. That he, that he is a great God. And again, we see His love. We, we remember his, that He's a creator. That remember what He's done. Remember His word. And then remember His holiness. Remember that He is holy. Psalm 30, verse 4. Sing to the Lord, you His faithful ones, and praise His holy name. And also in Psalm 97, 12. Be glad in the Lord, you righteous ones, and give thanks to His holy name. See, see, God is holy, and He requires holiness. Amen? Uh, in, in 1 Peter 1, 16, where it's written, Be holy, because I'm holy. Which is a, whew, a very daunting task, because we're far from it. Amen? I know I am. Right? But He tells us, that's a command, Be holy, because I'm holy. But see, we, we, again, we really are not most of the time, which leads us to the next point. Okay? Because, see, um, it would be really tough right? if... if because uh, because this part's going to get all of our attention, I believe. Okay, I hope I hope it does. Because we see that God's great and He's awesome and He's holy and He requires holiness. But we're going to see here in this point that we've messed it all up. Okay, so remember our sinfulness. Number two, a, a Sunday school teacher had just ended her lesson and wanted to make sure that she made her point. So she said the following. She asked, "Can anyone tell me what you must do before you can obtain forgiveness of sin?" Well, there was a short pause and it's kind of quiet. And then from the back of the room, a small boy spoke up 
sin, he said. You have to sin first, right? It was a, to be forgiven of sin. Okay, all right. Uh, anyway, uh, that was a bad joke that time. Anyway, um, see, I am internally grateful for the kindness and grace of God. Amen? Uh, I, I can't, um, I don't deserve it. We, we're, we're not perfect, um, not holy. We mess up all the time. Uh, and I, I'm, just, I'm just very thankful for God's grace. See, related to this idea of remembering our sins, here's a, a few points to keep in mind according to the Scriptures, uh, and I hope this speaks to your heart. Because there's, you'll see that there's some things that we're told to remember, all right? Um, His commands, how, how He dealt with us, with people when they disobeyed, okay? And, and, and then he, he, uh, it'll, end, it'll take us to our last point. And so God's commands, it tells us in Numbers 15, 38, 38 through 40. He says, speak to the Israelites and tell them that throughout their generations they are to make tassels for the corners of their garments and put a blue cord on the tassel at each corner. These will serve as tassels for you to look at, listen, pay attention, so that you may remember all the Lord's commands and obey them and not prostitute yourselves by following your own heart and your own eyes. This way you will remember and obey all my commands and be holy to your God. It was actually a constant reminder that they were wearing it all the time. Okay, at the corner, oh, that's, that's right, God's commands. So let me, let me do my best to obey them. Okay, all right. What if we did that now? That would be interesting. Right? So making those tassels. Deuteronomy 8, verse 2 says, Remember that the Lord your God led you on the entire journey these 40 years in the wilderness so that he might humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. See, we're, we are to obey God's commands. Uh, it's a decision that we make to obey or not to obey, to serve the Lord or not serve the Lord. Like, like it says in Joshua 24, 15 in the ESV, it says, and if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, he's speaking to uh, the, the Israelites, he says, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you'll dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. See, it's a choice that we make. It's a, it's a moment by moment choice that we say, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to follow you. And it's a reminder as well when we don't because we're, we're, we, we're still battling that, that sinful nature. As long as we're in our flesh, we will. But it's a reminder that we're, we're, far from, we're far from perfect and we're in need of grace. Amen? So it's a reminder that we are sinful. And then we think, well, how did God, and God tells us, remember how I dealt with it too. Okay? See, God is a is a holy God. You know, uh, if somebody does something wrong to you, uh, Jimmy, you you would like for them to be punished, right? Okay. I mean, you won't. You, you know, you're, 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 yeah. Someone, so, you know, it's justice. You know, it, it's right that they get you know uh, justice there. But see, uh, God satisfies that on the cross. So he can't he can't leave sin unpunished. Right? Can't leave sin unpunished. But instead, it's, you know what? I'm, it's going to be dealt with. But it's going to be dealt with through my son Jesus. And he's going to take all the sin that's ever been uh, committed and ever will be committed right, on himself. And that's going to satisfy his justice, but it's also his mercy. Amen. See, look at, let's look at how, what he says in the Word about this. Deuteronomy 24 9 says, Remember what the Lord God, Lord your God did to Miriam, Miriam on the journey after you left Egypt. We'll look at that in a second. And then Luke 17 32, remember Lot's wife. Uh, you know, y'all, y'all know I did not like being dean last year. I could not stand it. Okay, and y'all know how much I hated it. I talked about it probably too much. Okay, and probably too. 
Hey, thank you, Jimmy. All right, but, um, you know, I sent several people to alternative school my first week. You know, and then they're mad at me, and I'm just not my, look, the, the, there's got to be some justice here. You, you guys had you know, done the things that required you to go there. Right? You know, see, um, if just making the decision to follow and obey God is not enough, we, then we have to call into account in our lives and recall that God is a just and a righteous God. Well, what did these people do? What did these ladies do? Well, Miriam, uh, yes, she has a song, and it's a beautiful song there in, uh, in the Scripture, but she also criticized her brother Moses in Numbers 12. Um, and and uh, the thought is that her heart wasn't right. right? It, might, it may have been some jealousy there. Either way, she criticized God's man, and she was punished for it. She had leprosy for seven days. Uh, you can read it, Numbers 12. Okay, Got leprosy for seven days, but Moses prayed for her, and God said, okay, all right, I'll take it away. Right? But that was punishment. Right, for, for sin. And then we know Lot's wife. Okay? Everybody here I think knows she was, they were told not to look back at Sodom and Gomorrah. And she looked back and she was turned into a pillar of salt. And then if that's not enough of those couple examples, listen to what he says in Isaiah 46. And, and if you get a chance, you know, that's a good, cha- a good chapter to read if you get a chance this week, Isaiah 46. And we see... God basically just, he just basically just throws down. <laughs> I originally said he opens up a can. I said I probably shouldn't say that, but I said it anyway. All right, but he, he just, he whips them here. He goes off. All right, and this is just some of it. I want to read the whole chapter, but let me just read, and you can read on the screen. Uh, listen to, to him talking to the Israelites here. It says, listen to me, house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel who had been sustained from the womb, carried along since birth. I will be the same until your old age. And I will, listen, I will bear you up when you turn gray. Listen to that. Okay? I have made you, and I will carry you. I will bear you and rescue you. Keep that in mind. Okay? Keep it in mind. Move on to verse 5. To whom will you compare me or make me equal? Who will you measure me with so that we should be like each other? Those who pour out their bags of gold and weigh out silver on scales, they hire a goldsmith, and he makes it into a god. So you take all that stuff, right, Brother Tommy? All right, and you make it into a little guy, a little, little G guy. Then they kneel and bow down to it. They lift it to their shoulder and bear it along. It's, it's almost comical. All right? I, I see, I, I see some, some, uh, some verbal irony in there, Ms. Donner. I mean, it's like, it's like, why you do this? It's nothing. You made it yourself. It says, and you set it in place, and there it stands. It does not budge from its place because it's an object. It's not going to move, Right? He says, they cry out to it, but it doesn't answer. Duh, it's not going to answer. It saves no one from his trouble. Then he says, verse 8, Remember this and be brave. Take it to heart, you transgressors, you sinners. I'm I'm in that. Remember what happened long ago, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and no one is like me. I declare the end from the beginning and from long ago what is not yet done, saying my plan will take place and I will do all my will. He just, he just goes off on them. And he points out how silly and worthless and futile and hopeless what they're doing. But we look at that and say, oh, I can't believe those Israelites. Will we do that? Do we do it? I know I do. I, I, I clean the stuff that I know can't save. It has no redeeming eternal value. And, and then I, I place my hopes in it, and then I get upset, and, you know, and I'm like, why? And then I start the whole process again, like the amnesia uh, and the deja vu again that we mentioned earlier. 
But God is a good God, amen? And remember, we should never forget his greatness and our sinfulness. But then look at what is said just three verses later in Isaiah 46, verse 13. And I also want to call to mind what, you know, remind you of what he said in, in, in verse 4. Bear you up. I, I'll bear you up. I, I'll carry you. I will bear you. I'll rescue you. I'll take care of you. And then he, again, he says in verse 13, I am bringing my justice near. It's not far away. And my salvation will not delay. I will put salvation in Zion. My splendor in Israel is coming. The good news is coming. Because if the book ended here, it would be kind of bleak. Well, more than bleak, right? It would be hopeless. If, if all we were to remember and never forget is the fact that God is great, He is holy, He is awesome, and we're not, and that's the end of the story, which is very good to know right there, and there should be more you know, churches preaching that rather than pumping us up with, uh, with, with roses and flowers and, oh, you're good, you're just a great person, you're going to be the best. Okay? See, I don't really preach. But this will preach God's greatness, His holiness, our sinfulness, if that was all, then we would be hopeless. Amen? But it didn't end there. He provided. He has provided. He's taken care of us. Number three, remember God's provision. And y'all, y'all, you guys are probably familiar with this story, but it's, it's still a great story. It says, in the, in the late 1800s, George Mueller, George Mueller operated an orphanage that at one time had a thousand orphans. One morning, there was no food to eat. Sally's already shaking her head. She knows this. But he called all the children and staff together and prayed, thanking God for the provision of food that he didn't have, even though, again, there was none on the table. A few, a few moments later, a baker knocked on the door. He told Mr. Mueller that God had led him to bake bread the night before and give it to the orphanage. Before the bread was given to the children, a milkman knocked on the door. He said that his milk truck had broken down and he wanted to give milk to the orphanage too. Don't tell me God won't provide. Amen? He provides. What an awesome God we serve. And we should remember this. Remember the following points. There's going to be four things that God gives us. Sustenance. He gives ability. He gives rescue. And he gives salvation. If you're taking notes today. So let's look at it. He gives sustenance. Okay, Exodus 16, verses 31 through 32. Y'all know this, but let's, let's go to it anyway. The house of Israel named the substance manna, all right, which some of y'all remember we preach this. That means what is it? That li- the word literally means what is it because we're not, what, what is it? It's you know, coming down. It says um, it was white, tastes like wafers made with honey. Verse 32, Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Two quarts of it are to be preserved throughout your generations so that they may see the bread I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. So you won't forget that I took care of you. All right? See, not only did they get manna in the morning, but they got quail at night. You can read that too. They got, they got some, fried, some fried chicken type stuff. All right? Fried quail at night, Brother Tommy. They had manna in the morning. He took, they took care, he, God takes care of them, took care of them, and God takes care of us. Amen? All right, God gives sustenance. I could probably ask you to share today, and you would say, yes, there was a time. Sally would, Sally would tell, would talk about how you know, God provided her a car. Right? Yeah, and, she, and, and it happened. Now, see, God gives sustenance, and he gives ability. Even when we think that, that we're doing it on our own, we're not. All right, it comes from God anyway. Deuteronomy 8, 17 through 18 says, You may say to yourself, My power and my own ability have gained this wealth for me. 
But remember that the Lord your God gives you the power to gain wealth in order to confirm his covenant he swore to your ancestors as it is today. It, it comes from God anyway. Whenever we think we can do things ourselves, again, we realize that the strength and ability to do those things come from God anyway. He made us. Amen. He's creator. So God gives sustenance. He gives ability. He gives rescue. He gives rescue. First Samuel 17, verse 37. And there's going to be a couple of reference here. Um, when, when David uh, was about to, to fight the big Philistine Goliath, you know, he remembered something. Right? He was about to fight him. They put that old armor on him. He said, I don't want that stuff on me. All right? Give me my, give me my, uh, my tools and I, I'll go to work. But he says, then David said, verse 37, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. He said, I, I don't need all that because I remember that God took care of me all right, when a lion was about to get me, when a bear was about to get me. God took care of me then. He's going to take care of me now. Amen? Because he, he rescued me. And think of all the times he's done the same for us. Amen? I just think, like the, the, the little things that, that we don't even think about. The fact that we're, we're driving on a road 60 miles an hour and we're only like inches from another car. And yet, we make it anyway. Or we get mad because we're late for something because a red light caught us and then we look ahead and there's an accident. It's like, hmm, God may have stopped me from getting in an accident right there. You never know. Joshua 4, 19-24. So this is, they're crossing the Jordan River. Um, Moses has died. Joshua's in control now. Uh, uh, there, he's in charge, and this happens. He gets to Joshua. I'm only. I'm not going to read all of it. If you want to look at more of the background in Joshua uh, four, is where it would be. But starting in verse 19, it said the people came up from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and camped at Gilgal on the eastern limits of Jericho. Then Joshua set up in Gilgal the twelve stones they had ta they had taken from the Jordan, and he said to the Israelites, "In the future." When your children ask their fathers, what is the meaning of these stones? What does it even mean? Why, why do we have those stones, Daddy? What's those stones for? Hey, you should tell your children, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the water of the Jordan before you, until you had crossed over, just as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea. Just as, again, our God is faithful and true. Amen. Just as he took care of, the, of us uh, across the Red Sea, he did the same in Jordan, which he dried up for us till we had crossed over. This is so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is strong, and so that you may always fear the Lord your God. He, he had rescued them again. Raising stones as a monument and a memorial is a common behavior in the Old Testament. This is a common thing. In fact, these stones here set up at Gilgal, Gilgal represents the first of seven memorials described in the book of, uh, of uh, Joshua, if you want to check it out. It's going to be seven, seven times all right, where he's got stones. Say these stones represent how God has rescued us, how God has taken care of us. See, the point being here that God has provided for his people and others in the future can trust him too. Exodus 12 verse 14 says, This day is to be a memorial for you. Right, we're setting up uh, you know, ordinances for the future. said, you must celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. You are to celebrate it throughout your generations as a permanent statute, the Passover. De Deuteronomy 5.15 says, remember that you are a slave in the land of Egypt. It says, remember that you are a slave. And the Lord your God brought you out of there with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. 
You know, it's, it's one reason why we have it, to, to remind, uh, remind ourselves that God has rescued us, that God has taken care of us. And how many of us would say that we were that person slave to sin, right? right? We weren't literally slaves in the land of Egypt, but we all at one time were slaves of sin. Amen? See, the, the, the reminders of the Passover and the Sabbath, God provided a way out. See, God, God gives sustenance. He, he gives ability. He gives rescue. And amen, He gives salvation. He gives salvation. Romans 5 verse 8, probably my favorite verse, but God demonstrated His own love for us in this. Uh, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That He provided, He gave a chance for all of us, although we weren't worthy, a chance to be saved. And that's the reason why we even have communion. Amen? It's the only reason why we have it. Right? You don't believe me? Look in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 25. You heard me read it. Right? You've heard other preachers read it on communion uh, days. But let's read it again. For I perceived from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and we had given thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this what? In remembrance of me. Don't forget. Let us not forget. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper and said again, This cup is new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. In remembrance of me. As um, Riken said, I love this quote. He says, Sometimes we forget this. He says, We are prone, again, to spiritual amnesia. This is the second person that I saw that said, We have spiritual amnesia sometimes as Christians. He says, so we forget that we are sinners in need of salvation. Right? Hopefully you're reminded of that today. We forget that God sent His one and only Son to be our Savior. We forget that the Son shed His own blood on a cross for our sins. Thankfully, in order to bring us back to our senses, God has given us a feast to remember. It's called the Lord's Supper. So may we never forget God's greatness, our sinfulness, and God's provision in that. And there's one more point of remembrance today that I want to bring out. And that's the resurrection. See, his body is not in the grave anymore. Amen? We just celebrated that during Easter time. But look at 2 Timothy 2, 8 through 10. I love it. I love this again time because, again, it tells us to remember. And I know it's a topical sermon, but I love that, that it, these are things that God has told us to remember in the Word. Look in verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Not, not remember Jesus Christ whose body's still in there. Risen from the dead and descended from David according to my gospel for which I suffer to the point of being bound like a criminal but the word of God is not bound. Amen? The word of God is not bound. That is, this is why I endure all things for the elect so that they also may obtain salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. See, when we talk about memory Eventually, you'll hear somebody say, well, that's not how I remember it, right? Like, like even the, the, the referee the other night, he didn't say those words, but that's basically what he was saying when he was arguing with me. He was like, it was third and 18, coach. Nah, nah, that's not how I remember it. But, he, but see, the, the thing is, that's this, what we see, that scripture, that's not about our memory because that's fickle and our memories mess up, right? That's fact. Go, go over there and look. His body ain't there. It's, it's, he has risen. Amen. So thank God that his words are not bound. He is unstoppable. Not even death and the grave could stop him. 
we should remember those things. I'm going to ask Sally here in just a moment as we close out. Speaking of remembering, hopefully you remember a few moments ago we talked about stones, right? right? Just a few moments ago we talked about stones and said there's seven times in, in the book of Joshua of, of the Israelites getting stones as, as memories. And it makes me think of, and I saw this the other day, and I, I, just, I, I love it, the rock. We think about rocks and stones. makes us think of rock of ages. Amen. Listen to just a few of the words in that as we close out today. Right, and may it bless your, bless your heart as we remember that may we never forget God's greatness, our sinfulness, and God's provision. Listen to just some of the words. Not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands. We can't do it on our own. Could my zeal no respite? No. No, no peace, no comfort, no rest. Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must save, and thou alone. Only Jesus, amen? Only Jesus. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. Do you, you cling to the cross today? If you have, I say amen. How about amen there for that? Someone has, has said, the greatest enemy of faith may be forgetfulness. The greatest enemy of faith may be forgetfulness. May we never forget. Amen. I ask Sally to leave it to, to uh, not 